BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news, you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This League Uncut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Friends, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us on another edition of This League Uncut. Mark Stein and Chris Haynes here with you. We are recording on a Sunday night, and as long as technology cooperates, this will have been posted and published on the same Sunday night because we wanted to get a jump on the week. It's a huge week. In the NBA, the draft is in the rearview mirror Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Friday, just not even five full days away at this point. Free agency opens officially, legally. Of course, we know that there may be a stray conversation or two happening that hasn't supposed to happen or wasn't supposed to happen by the letter of the NBA law, but that is... uh, it was actually two years ago. Uh, the the one of the uh, my first summer on Substack, I believe, and the reason I even am paying attention to this stuff. Sorry to bore you with my trivialities, Mister Haynes, but uh, this Sunday was actually today is actually the birthday for my Substack. Mm. Year two, I'm two years. My Substack is two years more. old. So uh, it. Uh, that's why I'm kind of thinking in those terms. And I just remember in my first year, my first summer doing Substack, a very wise league observer 
gave me this line, which I absolutely love, and I've now run it into the ground, but it's totally true. When the opening bell sounds for free agency at 6 p.m. Eastern on June 30th, it's not really the opening bell. It's a lot closer to the end of free agency than the beginning because all the all the big ticket players know where they're going or have a pretty good idea. That's just the way it's evolved. And look, next year, next season, you know, the new CBA drops or the new CBA takes effect basically when free agency starts. And one of the provisions in the new CBA is the day after the finals, teams can start negotiating at least with their own free agents right away. And so that means that theoretically we can start having some verbal agreements that emerge shortly after the finals. It won't necessarily have to wait until June 30th. We will start to hear, Oh, you know, so-and-so has reached a verbal agreement to sign such and such a deal that won't be executed until after June 30th. But because the CBA doesn't go into effect until June 30th slash July 1st, that particular rule did not take effect after the finals we just saw. So after the Nuggets win it all in five and finish off Miami this season, there was no such commencement of negotiating with your own free agents. But that'll be that'll be an interesting change next summer that before the draft, we're going to have some free agent deals spill out. But look, uh, enough of me blabbering. We got a lot to cover. Let's get to it. Let us start, Mr. Haynes with Draymond Green. Earlier on this Sunday, I reported that there are strong signals that the Warriors are headed to a multi-year deal with Draymond Green. The the latest projection I'm getting, it's most likely three years. Look, I don't think that's really some surprise. Now that the Warriors have traded Jordan Poole away, they did that in large part to give themselves the financial flexibility to re-sign Draymond Green and re-sign Klay Thompson in the future to do that comfortably. However, the Sacramento Kings in Chris Haynes' adopted hometown, the 916, the Kings, they made a, a sneaky little draft night move to dump Rashawn Holmes, and now they they technically have the ability to create more than $30 million in salary cap space, and that has led a lot of people to think the Kings would go hard after Draymond Green. Do your hometown Kings have any chance of recruiting Draymond away from the Warriors? No. I would say no. This reminds me, and I don't know if it would get this far, but back when I was at ESPN, so this had to have been, I'm trying to think the year I went, was it 2016? 16, 17? 16, okay. So one of those years, it was 16 or 17, I was covering the Warriors for ESPN. Did I cover Andre Iguodala's um, free agency? The Kings went after him hard, hard. And um, I did a really in-depth story. I was pretty, I was, I was, um, I, I was, you know, that was, that was something out. That was a story that I was proud of going in depth on if people want to get get an understanding of what free agency is like, especially when you have multiple suitors and you're taking meetings and you want to hear the pitches and kind of the elaborate things that these teams come up with to try to entice the player, please go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go. It ain't too often I say go back and listen to it. I mean, go back and read a story from one of my old stumping grounds. But if you find yourself doing that, go ahead and do it. I, I don't say that often, but – 
it was really good. But the Kings are one of the teams that was um, in on Andre Iguodala, and they won. You you know how obviously Vivek used to be who used to what he used to be minor one of the minority owners of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, part of the part yes. of the one of the minority and owners. We know how he feels about the Warriors. He wants to take them down. He wants to be the team. Uh, he wants to be the biggest team, the northern part of California. And so that was one of the ways. Obviously, Iguodala was a very good player still at that time. And he wanted Iguodala bad. He wanted to weaken the Golden State Warriors team. And he felt like bringing on Iguodala, that would play a major part in that mission. And so that mission is still ongoing. <laughs> See, he got Mike Brown, brought over Mike Brown. You know, little by little, and I, there's no doubt in my mind, Stein, that if Draymond Green gave them the time or if, if Draymond went the route of taking meetings, I don't know if it would get to that point, but if you if you went the route of taking meetings, I would think he would give Sacramento a shot and the Kings would put all their efforts into trying to snag him away. That that They would want nothing more than try to weaken that Golden State Warriors team. So, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I definitely do think Draymond Green is resigning. Um, you know, I've, I've heard you know similar things to what you reported in your Substack. Congratulations on two years, but nah, I I, I don't I don't see you, I don't see friend. Draymond exiting. Not right now. Well, look, one of the highlights. I mean, you know, we're basically five months old now. This podcast, and let's face it, one of the highlights we've had on this pod is having Draymond join us. And he said it, we talked at length on this pod about how much he wants to retire a warrior. And then when the warrior season ended, he really couldn't have said it much clearer. He was up there at the podium and he said, I want to ride out with the guys I rode in with. And I also reported today that before Memphis traded for Marcus Smart, that I don't know how the Grizzlies were going to do it. I don't have the salary cap smarts to understand this, but I've had too many people I trust tell me that the Grizzlies were scheming somehow to make a credible run at Draymond Green. In the checking I've done on the math, even before the Marcus Smart trade, I don't think they had cap room. I think they only had the the full mid-level, which is $12.4 That's not enough to construct an offer to get Draymond Green. He's going to get a healthy multi-year deal wherever he goes. And again, I do think it's going to be Golden State. And... I do think the three-year projection is a, is a is a wise place to start. I don't know how Memphis was going to do it, but I keep hearing that that the Grizzlies wanted him, and that's that's just as delicious as the thought of Draymond talking to the Kings. Is Draymond talking to the Grizzlies after everything those two teams have been together? But he's he was never going to lack for options. But I just whether he came on our pod or not, I I, I just I cannot imagine. Draymond Green not playing next to Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. I'm I just, glad I you can't said picture you know, he was never going to have a lack of options because, you know, that's always been a false narrative about Draymond is that, well, he's only valuable to the Warriors. He, he wouldn't have the same impact on a different team. You know, first of all, we don't know that. But second of all, man, there are multiple, multiple star players who've been trying behind the scenes for years, trying to persuade Draymond Green to leave Golden State and to partner up with 
with them and lead their defense. So that, that, that narrative is just false. It comes out of, I don't know where it comes from. Draymond has a unique skill set. It's probably a skill set that people probably don't like, but it's a winning skill set. He knows his role. He does it well. He's a perfectionist in what he does. And he goes out there and produces, he executes, doesn't have an ego when he's talking about on the basketball court. Uh, so he was going to have suitors. And the Golden State Warriors, you think about it, you know, we've been hearing over the last couple of years, especially, you know, we heard it with the, during the KD era in Golden State. Is Draymond Green, has he worn out his welcome? Are they going to let Draymond go? Uh, we saw, you know, with the Jordan Poole incident, oh, this is it. You know, everybody was pretty certain that this was going to be the last year um, that Draymond was going to be on the team. But look what happened. Jordan Poole was was shipped out to Washington, and sounds like Draymond Green is on the verge of resigning on a multi-year deal. So that that shows you the value of not only other teams, but the value that Golden State Warriors still have in Draymond and the the belief that they still have in him that he can still do what he do do what he does at a high level look he has his flaws he has his critics he's been justifiably criticized on a number of occasions he's a polarizing guy a lot of fans don't like him some opposing players don't like him but the man is a winning basketball player above all he is a defensive genius but above all he is a winning basketball player and that's why Look, the Lakers have no way to get him, but you, you, I'm sure you saw the pictures of LeBron and Draymond on vacation together. I'm sure the Lakers would love, they don't have a way to do it, but I'm sure they would love to get Draymond Green. The, the, the team in my city, Dallas, I'm sure they would love if there was a way to get Draymond Green, but it's not going to happen. He ain't switching teams. We should talk about Jordan Poole. I have to, I, you know, I'm a little... I got to give the Warriors credit here. And, you know, Mike Dunleavy, first week on the job as a GM, I thought it would be much harder to trade Jordan Poole in this financial climate after the struggles he had in the playoffs. Um, that really, to me, was the most surprising element of the trade that Washington, that's saying we thought Washington was stripping this thing down all the way and, you know, just didn't want any kind of long-term money. So super interesting that, Washington wanted Poole. Now, whether that's to keep him, whether that's to maybe look to move him down the line, we don't know yet. But, I mean, did you did you think the Warriors could move Jordan Poole this quickly? No. Was it, it wasn't on my radar. It, Jordan wasn't on my radar at all. Yeah, me neither. I mean, it was not this. That was not the move. I, I now I knew I was thinking Golden State had interest in Chris Paul. I think I brought I brought that up on our last pod. Right. That was before the trade went down. I was pretty sold on the fact that I think Chris Paul was going to make his way to the Clippers. I think when Chris Paul speaks about this, I think he'll even um, say that as well. So I knew there was interest. I guess I didn't. When I heard there was interest, I guess I assumed there was interest if Chris Paul was waived, that's the way, that's the way I kind of thought about it. I didn't know that there was going to be a full on trade to acquire Chris Paul, Jordan Poole, that completely caught me off guard. And then I think from, for the most part, whoever 
the, the thinking was whoever acquired Chris Paul, whatever, whoever, that he was going to be waived. And his, his contract was not going to be guaranteed. And then we've seen that when Chris Paul was traded to Washington, he got what about he got about nine or ten million more added to his salary, you know, due to that trade. And you know, I, I spoke to people over the Warriors. They are not waiving Chris Paul. He is a Golden State member of the Golden State Warriors. That's crazy to say that. He will be playing with Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and uh, Stein. Shocking. Shocking. Probably probably most shocking yeah, transaction. No, I, look, I cannot, I cannot wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. I mean, it makes complete financial sense what the Warriors have done here. To move pool out, they had to get, they had to shed one significant contract at least. And after the season we just witnessed, you knew that if they had a choice, it would be Jordan Poole. I just didn't think they would have the choice. But the trade became available. They made it. They've shed Jordan Poole's contract. It makes things. They've got flexibility now going forward because Chris Paul only has the one guaranteed year left on his deal, even if he gets the full $30.8 million. And look, Chris Paul himself is a basketball genius. He is still a highly productive player, too smart and too good to joining a team full of very smart players. They're all too wise and they've all been around the block. They should figure this out. And that's what common sense tells you. But like you just hinted at, it just, I can't see it. And that clip, I'm sure you've seen it. It's been making the rounds all weekend. Draymond Green appearing on Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes's podcast on Showtime. And he, I mean, here's what he says. I don't like CP at all. Like, we don't have a good relationship at all, but I respect his hustle and I respect his IQ. He's smart as hell. I mean, so how yeah. how is that, that going to go? How is that going to go? I know they've talked. I know I know Chris Paul have talked to Stephen Curry. I've already talked to Draymond. Uh, but one thing about this, this is, this is, I'm going to tell you about Draymond, Stein. And I know from experience, and I know from close-up and personal, just, you know, working the sidelines for TNT. In the heat of the moment, Draymond will say pretty much whatever. <laughs> in, in, the, in the heat of the moment, Draymond's filter, is, is, is there's no filter. The filter disappears in the heat of the moment. But then with these subside and everything, you know, he, he moves on. He moves on. You know, me and him has some has some disagreements, you know, uh, my time covering the Warriors. And we, you know, he's said some things to me and I've said some things and, and he kept it moving. He kept it moving. We all keep it moving. And so that's one thing I respect about him. So as a – so as as, as – as egregious as that might have, that clip might have sounded, uh, Draymond, those remarks he had about Chris Paul, you know, Draymond's somebody that I know that, that's moved forward and, and is looking forward to uh, potentially, looking forward to potentially um, teaming up with CP and doing, you know, doing some, making some magic happen. I will say that, you know, the Chris Paul, Stephen Curry dynamic, that that is, you know that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I know they, I know they talked, know they had a good conversation, but you know I want to see that. Oh, so yeah, wait, they've already connected? They've already connected. 
Even that is delicious to try to imagine that. I mean, Chris Paul is a constant. He's been a constant opponent throughout these eight, nine years of Warriors glory. Yeah, and the thing about it, the Clippers were supposed to. Remember, the Clippers were the, was the team that was supposed to be on that rise. And then the Golden State Warriors came in there and shook up the Western Conference and took it over and never really gave it up except for a few windows due to injuries. But, you know, it was supposed to be the Clippers' run. And uh, so it's going to, you know, it's going to be interesting. But I like it. That's why I like sports, man. I like because Stein, I play, you know, I'm just equated to my own little pickup experience thus far. There's guys that when I go, when I'm playing against them, man, I want to kill them, Stein. I want to crush them. I look forward to going up against them because sometimes they get the best of me. Sometimes and a lot of times, I should say, I get the best of them. But then there are some times where we have to team up. And I'm like, you know what? I would rather go against you, but there is a mutual respect I have for you. Let's go out there and get it done. And we go out there and we, and, and we play. And so I like I like this dynamic of being foes for so long, rivals for so long, then coming together, putting that all behind you, and knowing that you know there's mutual respect between both sides. Now let's go out there and see what we can accomplish together. And I, I like I like seeing that that can happen. But how crazy! How crazy would it be if Chris Paul finally wins that elusive ring, but it's as a warrior? Yeah, it's just like I said. You just say that out loud, and it's just laughable. Yeah, I mean, it is it's crazy. And I know some people. Look, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. I was about to, you know, because then you, people you got people that were saying, well, he had to do it this way. He had to do well. It ain't like he picked the Warriors. He was traded to the Warriors. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, no, I'm, not, I know. I'm not even talking but about people that. Say, of yeah, people will say, yeah, oh. yeah, like that's he was traded there. They 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 want they want him, and so and they feel like he they need him, or else they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done that. So you know we don't know we don't know I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm definitely hey I'll be at more Golden State Warrior games for sure. No, I was just going to ask you. I mean, obviously you don't know your schedule for October, but if you were guessing. First day of training camp. I mean, you got to go to Golden State, right? You got to see. You got to see this with your own eyes. I know you'd rather go to the Kings because it's a, it's a short drive away from Charlene's <laughs> Beauty Supply. But you might you you might have to go to you might have to go to Golden State because it. One of the first questions to me is who kind of referee do is this on the players to put it all behind them? Is this Steve Kerr has to get all these guys on the on the same page? I think it's like, on the players. Yeah, I kind of think it's the, on the players, players are going to do I think it's on it. the players. And I think most of those talks have been had, and I think most of it is, is in the rear view already. I, I think they're focused on the task at hand. And to answer your question, Stein, about where I would be for media day, I don't know. I, if, if it's on – I was on the – you know, I did the Lakers last year. And for the most part, they kept me on the Western Conference, which I'm ecstatic about. That's, that's fine. I don't have, didn't have to travel too far. But Bron still resonates. You know, he hasn't, I, I believe, you know, Bron's going to come back and play next year. But he still hasn't came out and said anything himself on if he's coming back or when he's coming back. You know, he left it kind of vague out there. You know, he told me he, does, he doesn't know if he's going to be, I'm, I'm going back when he got eliminated, told me he doesn't know if he's going to be there to start a training camp. So, that's the storyline. 
Golden State's a storyline. I don't know. I don't know where I, I would be. The Kings are a storyline too. I mean, they've got, you know, they're going to do, I look, I, like I said, Draymond Green is staying with the Warriors based on everything I, I've been told, but the, the Kings are going to do something with that salary cap space and they will, uh, they will certainly extend Domanis Sabonis. I think that's a big part of why they needed to create that extra room, but they are going to make upgrades. They do, you know, they don't want to make this a one-time playoff thing. So I think the Kings are going to do something. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You had mentioned that, you know, you had been hearing for days, really, that the Clippers had a real chance to trade for Chris Paul. And as I've reported once or twice, you know, the Lakers were really hoping that Chris Paul would be waived and make it to unrestricted free agency so they could have a shot at him. Who do you think it hurts more, the Lakers or the Clippers, that he ends up, Chris Paul ends up with the Warriors? Neither team was expecting that. I think it's... It hurts the Clippers more because I believe the Clippers felt like they had the best shot to get him. And I and I can say, and it, you know, I don't want to speak for Chris Paul. You know, I'll wait to you know till he addresses it. But you know, I think he probably believed that he was going to be a member of the Clippers. So, with that being said, the Clippers feel like they needed needed a a floor general need a real floor general to kind of manage things over there with that roster. I was kind of, you know, even, you know, even though I was under the assumption that I thought CP would end up with the Clippers, I was still kind of questioning, you know, can CP and Russ, would that work? You know that? So, right. 
now they don't have to worry about that problem anymore. But yeah, I, I think I, I I didn't I I think I think it hurts the Clippers more because I think they were probably a little bit more invested in trying to get to get him than, than any other team. But we saw the Warriors a lot more, probably a lot more invested, even the Clippers as well. And look, it is, you know, I think the misread from me and, and probably other teams out there was uh, Chris Paul did have trade value. You know, there was an assumption that when Washington took him on in the original Bradley Beal trade that they would waive him before June 30th. But they did, as you already noted, they had to increase the value of the guarantee on Chris's contract. Initially, had he just been in Phoenix, the original plan from the Suns, and yes, people, this was the original plan. I'm going to say it again. This was the message from the Suns to Chris Paul and his camp. We are going to waive you. The part that wasn't transmitted clearly was, we're going to waive you if we don't trade you. Had the Suns been unable to trade Chris Paul, they would have waived him on June 28th and they would have gotten out of next season's 30.8 million at only 15.8 million. But there was more of a trade market for Chris Paul than even the Suns realized. The Wizards clearly had no intention of waiving Chris Paul. They were confident that they could turn around and do something with his contract. And the Wizards have been proven, the Wizards have been getting a lot of criticism for what they got for Beal, what they did in, you know, turning Chris Paul around, what they got for Przingis. You know, they didn't get first round picks in either the deal for Beal or Przingis. So the Wizards have been taking a lot of criticism. But you know what? The Wizards proved that they were able to move Chris Paul and they've been super active. And I don't think the Wizards are done. Um, So he was never, now we can say, we didn't know it maybe a week ago or 10 days ago, but the Lakers were never really going to have a chance at Chris Paul because he was going to get, he was going to get traded and his contract was more movable than initially thought. And the Warriors will zoom right to the top, maybe not undisputed number one, but they will be right up there with, I mean, look, the Spurs are there with Wemby and I'm sure we could list other teams, teams that are in, in that are generating the highest level of intrigue at the start of the season. We can make a list, but the Warriors will be in the top five. If you've got Chris Paul in that locker room, they will be in the top five. Stein, what about San Antonio? You don't think I'll be media dance with the Spurs? I mean, I suppose it's possible, but no, okay. I think actually I think you're gonna get I think you're I think you're gonna be in Golden okay. State. Okay, I think you're about right. We'll see. I think Golden State or Lakers probably. Uh, for you, it's gonna be Lakers or Warriors, let's be honest. No, you would get no complaints from me, no gripes from me. Easy trip. What you don't want to go to San Antonio? Um, I would say I like San Antonio mo- probably more than most people. You know, I think people when they think of Texas, they think of Dallas and Houston for the most part. I would probably put San Antonio above Houston for me. I'm thinking Dallas, San Antonio, then Houston in that order for me. A preference. I absolutely love San Antonio. It was one of the first stops on my first trip as an NBA writer way, 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 way back in the second half of the 1993-94 season covering the Clippers for the LA Daily News. San Antonio was not the first stop, but it was on that first trip. And I don't know what it was. I just felt so 
at home there. I love it. I've never lived in San Antonio. I've obviously lived in Dallas for a quarter century now, but I just, I love it in San Antonio. Love visiting. Always felt incredibly welcome. So for my purely selfish traveling purposes, because remember, remember people, sports writers, we root for hotels and restaurants, yep. not teams. hotels and restaurants in so, one more in Miami. <laughs> I mean, I love Miami too, but after March, humidity is no joke. Up till March, I am good. October to March, I am good. But uh, yeah, so I'm not. I am not heartbroken that Victor Wembanyama ended up in the Alamo City, a short one hour flight away from me, and I hope that means that I will be making many more frequent trips to. San Antonio, my. I mean, I'm such a, I'm such a San Antonio nerd that I went to the, I went to the game in the Alamo Dome this season just because I could not bear to miss it. The Spurs were playing in the Alamo Dome when yeah. I started. I could not miss it, and it was, it was a very, very weird and nostalgic trip back to that gym. Stein, one thing I want to say before we transition to the next topic, we was talking about the Kings, the cap space they have now. You kind of dismissed Draymond going there. What about another name? Just throw a possibility out there. So let's just talk. Nope. Aggregators, I'm not reporting anything. I'm just throwing a name out there. What you think about Kyle Kuzma, Stein? The Kings have been linked to Kyle Kuzma for many, many eons. And I personally am quite a Kyle Kuzma fan. However, Mike Brown, former guest on this podcast, your neighbor in the 916, Mike Brown, look, I know the Kings had this world record offense this season. I ain't buying it. Mike Brown is still a defense first coach. And so I just wonder, he's already got Sabonis. Kyle Kuzma is not known as a defense first player. So would Mike Brown, is that the sort of player Mike Brown is looking to add? Don't aggregate me either, because this is purely my observation, what I see, what I read. But that would be my question. Um, and I'm, like I said, I am, a, I am a huge Kyle Kuzma fan. I think he's an underrated player. I mean, he was a ridiculous bargain at 13 million. He's obviously opting out of that to become a free agent now. So let's see. But I mean, you, what do you think? You're closer to the Kings than me and you're closer to Mike Brown than me. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything. I'm just throwing it out there. It, it, it could, it could make sense. But Stein, you know, Mike Brown has changed. He's going through a bit of a transformation period. He's now an offensive genius coach. That's what people say. <laughs> but like I said, I ain't buying it. That was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask him when we had Mike on the first time, but we were throwing so many things at him, we ran out of time. I really want to ask him how comfortable he is with this label that he is now a supposed offense first coach, because I ain't buying it that he's good with that. I'm just not. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I want to see what see see what the no. I mean, it, it's it's a worthy question because if I if I'm if I'm if I am correct that. You know, Draymond Green is essentially off the market, which, again, those are all the signals I'm getting. 
Sacramento is going to turn their attention to someone. Is that bringing back Harrison Barnes or is that going outside the organization to pursue a Kyle Kuzma or someone else? So we'll get our answers here shortly, but I do not think you're alone in asking about Kyle Kuzma and Sacramento. Same question pertains to Kyle Kuzma and Indiana. The Pacers, they have a need at that position. I've written about how they have interest in Harrison Barnes. The Pacers have two huge Harrison Barnes fans in that organization with Tyrese Halliburton, of course, his former Kings teammate, and Rick Carlisle, Barnes' former Mavericks coach. But Kyle Kuzma is another name that's come up in Indiana. So the Wizards, they've cleared Beal out. They've cleared Porzingis out. Are they going to participate in a sign and trade with Kyle or just lose him outright? There's a, you are wise to bring him up because there are a lot of questions pertaining to Kyle Kuzma that we don't quite have the answers for. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. I'm going to ask you now about James Harden. The noise continues to rise. The rumbles get louder that he's now staying in Philly. There's a lot of momentum behind that idea. From your seat, what do you think? Do the Rockets still have a chance to steal James Harden, to lure him back to his beloved Houston? Do the Rockets even want that? This is a hard one to gauge for me right now because it it keeps changing. If you would have asked me, I don't know, a month ago, I would have probably said with confidence that I believe he's leaning towards going back to Houston. I haven't heard that over the last few weeks. Ah, It's June 25th as we record this. Right now, if you're asking me, hey, I'm saying it sounds like he's staying in Philly. 
sound like that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, think about think about last year, Stein. Think about last summer when let me see. He opted out. He opted out of his contract. He took less to bring on to be able to bring on PJ Tucker, Daniel House, leave somebody else. Then midway during the season, we start hearing Houston reunion rumors. I'm like, hold on. He took a major pay cut to help build the team. And, you know, we thought with the hopes of him getting more on the back end next summer, and now he's going to leave and just go. And so I, it, it was it was weird. It was weird t- timing, and it was just weird just thinking about him going back. And because, you know, Houston has some nice young players that they're trying to um, build up, but we know that their owner over there, Tillman, he, he wants to win. And so Philly is what I'm Philly is what I'm hearing right now. I'm not real confident in that because I think things can change, but if you're asking me right now, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, because it sounds like the max is not on the table in either case. At least that is the latest rumble. We'll see. I mean, there's been, like you said, there's been James Harden chatter for literally six months, maybe even longer. So there's a lot to sift through. I mean, the latest thing I heard was that he came out of his meeting with Nick Nurse, the new Philly coach, intrigued by what Nick Nurse had to say. But yeah, definitely the the leanings, I think if you polled 30 front offices, more than not would say that they expect James Harden to stay in Philly. But yeah, could be a long week. Could be some changes there. You reported earlier on this Sunday that the Suns have now decided, okay, we're going to move forward and try to make the DeAndre Ayton thing work. And I definitely do see that as a new development on this Sunday because I reported this in my Sunday notebook. I was told strenuously that as recently as Thursday night on draft night, the Suns very much did explore trade possibilities for Aiton. So as of Thursday night, they were still looking for potential trade partners for Aiton, but they've been scouring the market. They're not getting anywhere close to the offers that they want by all accounts. The offers that they've been presented with don't include future firsts. So and look, let's be honest, Frank Vogel really wants to coach this guy. Frank Vogel teams have always had a rim-protecting center, and Vogel has spoken very openly about how much he wants the chance to get DeAndre Ayton to an all-star level. So, And Ayton wants to be, yeah, Ayton wants to be in a situation where he feels his coach has his back. That's just, that's just wasn't something he felt. And we'll see, because look, I mean, the, the the case for trading Aiton is obviously if the Suns break his contract up into two or three pieces, that's one way they get some depth. Because they don't just need depth. They don't just need bodies, but they do need wings and shooting and, and more rebounding. So it's like that there is a case to be made that if the right deal presents itself, turning one long-term deal into a couple contracts that are shorter that could that could really work for Phoenix because I mean look their main three going forward are 
Durant, Booker, and Beal. I think Aiton is very distinctly number four on that list, and I think he knows it. So as much as Frank Vogel wants to coach him and is trying to pump him up, I don't think there's going to be any fooling DeAndre Aiton about that reality. And one thing I just want to make sure that DeAndre Aiton is not untouchable. If the Suns got a deal in the near future or later down the road that they felt like they couldn't refuse, he would be traded. That's just what it is right now. But the intel that I gathered this um, this morning was that they're moving forward with the plan that he will be their opening day starting center. Yeah, if the offers are no good, they've got to try to make it work. But, you know, again, I think I want to underline as recently as Thursday night, based on what I've been told, they were actively looking for potential trades. So let's not omit that very important clarification. All right, last thing, probably the topic everybody's been wanting us to get to, but I don't know that there's really a whole lot new since draft night. As the world's foremost daemologist, what do you foresee? Is there anything this week that happens on the Damian Lillard front, or does he does he give this thing a chance to see, you know, let free agency play out, let summer league go, let us get our first look at Scoot Henderson in Summer League. Is this a later in July kind of conversation? What does uh, what does Chris Haynes foresee here? So Damian Lillard is expected to meet with General Manager Joe Cronin this week. There hasn't been there has not been a date scheduled yet for that meeting. So as soon as we get word of that, everybody else will be informed of that. Um how that meeting goes, I don't know. But what what I do know is the Blairs want to get in front of Damian Lillard and kind of explain their approach, go through um, some of the targets that they're trying to lock in on, going into free agency, explain the vision, the draft plans. Because I reported this on draft day, Stein, that Dane had not communicated with the Portland Trailblazers in recent days. And that is unusual, Stein. I wanted to cut Dame's in Paris. And I know people that probably don't like hearing real news. They may say, well, he's in Paris. Of course he's not going to hear. No, you talk to your <laughs> – I was talking to Dame in Paris. You know, he, you, you can get in touch with – you can get in touch with anybody when, while, while they're out of the country. And Dame was watching the draft. Very important pick, number three pick for the Portland Trailblazers. So – and Joe Cronin confirmed that the last time he spoke to Dame was Tuesday, which was two days before. But since then, it's been just communication with his agent, Aaron Goodwin. So this will be the first time that he, whenever this meeting is, this will be the first time that he's going to be able to sit in front of Joe Cronin and talk talk things out. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what. Dame is going to say. I don't know what he's going to try to get done, but it hasn't changed. And the 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 explanation as far as what I got on why Dame hasn't didn't communicate with the Blazers, I was just told that, you know, he's just trying to disconnect from everything for a little while. Take that for whatever it's worth, however you want to take that. So that's what's that's that's just what we're having. I guess we just got to wait to see how this meeting goes. Yeah, I can't sit here and say that I am as curious 
as Damian Lillard about those Portland plans, but I'm pretty darn curious too, because look, we know it's been well chronicled that they want to bring back Jeremy Grant, but beyond that, what else? What else is there? Or is this is this all about Scoot going forward? A lot of questions. A lot of questions. I'll tell you what, one thing. One thing hasn't changed. He wants to win now. Now. He wants the roster improved. Now. Nothing has changed. Nothing at all. So, you know, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be riveting to see how this, how that meeting unfolds. All right. Well, I know when that meeting happens, you will be all over it. So I'm going to defer further comment until that meeting. And maybe hopefully that meeting happens before the next pod so we can react to it. We are going to close with a trivia question. Chris Paul, Chris Haynes, Chris Paul has played 1,214 regular season games and 149 playoff games. How many times... Has he come off the bench? Woo. I'm going to say zero. And you win wow. the prize of nothing, but you do win the prize. You are correct. He has never wow. come off the bench. Yet another layer of this amazing Chris Paul to the Bay Area story. Cannot wait to see how it turns out. All right, guys. I think we covered a pretty good amount Hold of ground. On this I got edition. one more thing to say. Oh, hey, hold, hold on! on. It, it's I not a new, it's not news, nugget, So put your get put, lower lower your expectations. Lower your expectations. It's, it's oh, not one of those. I just want to say this at the end. Our next pod, which we're doing on Tuesday, that's going to be a live pod at me and my wife's store, Charlene's Beauty Supply Store in Elk Grove, California, Sacramento area. We're doing a live pod where it's going to be fans in attendance and our guests will be Sacramento Kings guard Davion Mitchell this Tuesday, June 27th. And I want to urge you, because this pod is dropping in time for you guys that's in the Sacramento area, to go to Charlene's Beauty Supply Store, open from 10 to 6, buy you a ticket to be in attendance. we got 40 seats available, a little bit less than that now. But come in, the tickets will be $50, get you in there. You can have a chance to engage. I'll have a little interaction uh, segment for the fans with Davion after the pod, but come in and just check out live pod. I did not have enough money to fund to be able to fly Stein from Dallas to Sacramento, but he will be there on on the pod. So you still will hear him. You still will see him. We'll have a nice setup at the store. I got a big 84 inch screen TV in the store. We kind of check us all out. So. Uh, please, uh, definitely for all our loyal listeners, please tune in for that. But mo- uh, most importantly, I want you guys to come out in the Sacramento area, come out, get a ticket and be a part of the audience. And if you still can't get a ticket, we'll still encourage you to come in. You know, you can hang outside the store. We'll have speakers, have a DJ Stein. You missing out ev- on everything, Stein. I know. And it's not your fault. It's my fault. I just, I just physically cannot get there on Tuesday for reasons that I'm not going to bore everyone with, but this, this is big news because this is the first live show in show history. And it will be, as Chris said, at Charlene's beauty supply in Elk Grove, California, Chris Haynes and Davion Mitchell live. The has been Stein checking in from afar. And it is, it is, let's just put it like this. It will not be the last it will not be the last live show 
of of the 2023 offseason. It will be the first in history and not the last. That's the most we can say at this point. But it is our not-so-clever way of saying that we have further surprises planned for you. But that'll be... That'll be quite a thing to see you and Davion together talking hoop, talking about the Kings, talking about maybe maybe he knows what maybe he knows what Mike Brown wants to and and the front office want to do with that free agent cash. Maybe he'll break the news to us. So let, let's hope so. But Davion, he's one of the best defenders in the league, one of the most strongest guards we have in the league. So I'm sure he has a lot of stories that he can tell. And let's see what I, we can ask him. What players he's looking to try to pick up in the off season. So all that and more. So please y'all, if you're in the Sacramento area, please come out, come get a ticket. Tickets are running low. Seats are limited. Please come get a ticket. Come check it out. That's all I want to stay. Stein. I'm done. Okay. Stein. No, that's good. I, no, I was going to, no, that was good. And I was going to, I mean, I, we weren't going to omit that part. I wasn't like rushing you off the line. That is a huge development for our humble little show. So please, everyone, please rate review and subscribe to This League Uncut via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And remember, just for your calendar, Tuesday afternoon, and we'll put that episode out ASAP, Tuesday afternoon, Davion Mitchell on This League Uncut. And we do hope that the planets align and we can get in at least one more pod before free agency starts Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. June 30th. Summer League is around the corner. Free agency almost here. Lots going on. Tons to talk about. And like I said, I think we covered a very good amount of ground tonight. Everybody, thanks for being with us. Back with you in just a couple of days. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long. 
which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.